Welcome back, fellow podcasters. It's Freedom Friday, and time for another episode of Jeff Fry, an American conservative. 1,461 days. That's the amount of time that a president has, once elected, to serve out his four-year term. And usually, a president has what is known as a honeymoon period when first elected, because the American people and the Congress are looking to try to get things accomplished as quickly as possible because the popularity of the new president is the most prevalent. Now, regardless on how the current president, Biden, got into office, I'm still under the belief that uh, we had a a lot of rather unique irregularities in the voting uh, tallying. However... The little that we did see of Joe Biden when he was running for office was that he was claiming to be the moderate because all of his other Democrat contenders were far left and it was pretty much felt from the Democrat Party that America was not quite ready to put a far left extremist in the office. Therefore, Uncle Joe Biden, the moderate, seemed to be the one that they were going to stand behind. And if you remember, it wasn't actually until South Carolina had its primary election that there was any traction that got behind uh, Joe Biden's candidacy. Frankly, up to that point, America seemed extremely disinterested in what Joe had to say. I mean, after all, the Democrats were touting that uh, Trump being an, an old white man, and it was time to put in some new blood and fresh ideas So what they end up doing? They put in an older white man. And this wasn't done accidentally. Democrats, I don't think, do anything accidentally. Rather, they knew exactly what we see and have seen from day one. And that's that Joe Biden is not there altogether. So I suppose they partnered up with him and said, Hey, look, as long as you toe the line, we'll let you be president, we'll follow, we'll support you. But we're going to run through our agenda once we get you elected. And, of course, that's exactly what the Democrat machine, whoever they are, their dark sources, did to get him elected. And they stopped at nothing. Absolutely nothing. They hid him throughout the whole entire election process. To this day, he still has only had one address with the nation. I mean, what, what president does that? Why, why don't we see him at press conferences? Why don't we, why don't we see him in, as U.S. citizens for the national television? We don't see him interacting with foreign leaders. Frankly, we don't see him doing anything. And that's exactly the part that he's playing. But let's take a, a look at exactly what has been happening in this first 100 days out of our 1,400, that this administration has been doing. Because it's clearly obvious that that moderate, middle-of-the-road kind of guy is not what is now shown up as the president. The policies that are right now 
being shoved down our throats as American citizens centralizes the power of the U.S. government over us. And they got to do it a couple of different ways. One of the ways, certainly, is to try to get power away from the states. Because right now, the way our system's set up, the federal government oversees, but the, the states pretty much run their own economies. The defunding of the police is a prime example of the federal government, in my opinion, trying to take over the administration of policing to a federal level. And this is not new. President uh, Obama tried to do that in creating a civilian national security force. And he succeeded somewhat with what he referred to back then as partnerships with some of the state police forces. And it never really took off, but it was still a crack in the dam there. What he didn't have behind him at that time were all these protests and rioting going on under the Black Lives Matter movements to defund police. But it's getting closer and closer for that to ultimately become a reality. And this would become like an extension of the U.S. Army except for civilian use. And it would definitely take over the place of the local police authorities and it would be run and operated by the government. I might add that this was done in Germany back in the 30s. You may have heard the term Gestapo, and that's exactly what that was established for back then. Education is another one. You have teachers' unions that are extremely powerful. Well, what we're seeing, I believe, is the federal government is going to step in there, and they're ultimately going to be the, the ultimate overseer of these unions and they will have to dismantle that union so that they're in control of the education. And I don't think there's anybody out there that don't already see that the major media networks are in the pocket of the government already. So what we're seeing is this uh, centralized government that will be taking control of our big business. I mean, you can see all those big box companies are putting the little guys out of business. They're going to be in control of the media, the education, health care. Don't kid yourself. We're going to go to that single-payer system. They will be in control of how we operate in our country. And they're bribing us. And we're falling for it. Look at this. These $1,400 stimulus checks being sent out. We're not stupid people. The more these checks come out, the more we get used to them. And then we have the unemployment supplement checks. So a lot of people are making equal or more than what they were making when they were actually working. So I go back to work, and I see it being proposed right now with this universal or basic income from the government. $1,000 a month with no strings attached, it says. Oh, no. It's more than strings being attached. It's an anchor line with a heavy anchor getting ready to be thrown into the water. Because once you become dependent on the government for income, education, all those other things, we become Venezuela and Cuba. And no turning back. So we look at this power grab being done by the Democrats right now. And I mean, they are vicious. And they're vicious because everything really has to be done before 2022 when once again, U.S. citizens have the ability 
to vote in or out legislators. And right now, the Democrats are in a very enviable position from their standpoint because they control, by numbers, the House of Representatives. They're at a 50-50 split with the Senate, even though they actually have the tie-breaking one with Kamala Harris. And they have the president sitting in office, being controlled by who knows what. If there's still anybody out there that thought Joe Biden, even though he, he dwelled on it in his inaugural address that he was going to unify America, (laughs) you have not been paying attention to what's going on. The unifying of America, meaning trying to work with the Republicans, has been clearly stated that they're willing to work with the Republicans as long as the Republicans are going to vote the way the Democrats are proposing legislation. Otherwise, they will pass it anyway. And that's being done. In fact, just last, last week, We saw yet another power grab, which was to try to make Washington, D.C. the 51st state. And I'd like to talk about that for a couple of minutes, because what you haven't been hearing about is the 23rd Amendment of the Constitution, which, which, by the way, was passed in June of 1960. Now, what this amendment did was it allowed American citizens that resided in the District of Columbia to vote in the presidential election. They could vote for the president and vice president of the United States. Now keep in mind, in the District of Columbia, it runs like a normal state. They have taxes. Their citizens can get drafted in the armed services. They have a mayor. So it looks and operates like a state. However, they do not have representation in the Senate or the House of Representatives. And this was done by design so that area could remain neutral. So when the Democrats claim that we have 700,000 residents of Washington, D.C. who who pay taxes but they have no representation, well, they do have the ability to uh, vote for the presidential election. But it's also true they do not have anyone in the Congress or the Senate. And at first blush, you would say that doesn't seem fair that we have this number of people, which, by the way, is larger than a couple of the states that we have out here. And they don't really have any say in the legislation of laws in our country. But as I have reported in prior podcasts, the land that currently is the District of Columbia is all land that at one time was part of the state of Maryland. And under this resolution bill to make Washington, D.C. a state, they put in there that the district should be limited to like a two-mile radius around the capital because that's the only area that the government is truly using and that the rest of it would become the state. But as we had back in the mid-1800s, when part of that land actually was also included some land of Virginia, Virginia got their piece back because the federal government no longer needed that area. So wouldn't it make sense, precedent-wise, that if there's land in the district that's no longer needed by the government, uh, whatever, that two-mile radius thing, then the balance of that should be returned to Maryland. After all, it was always Maryland land to begin with, at least for the first 100 years. But that's not the direction the current Democrats are taking. And if they're really worried about representation of the people, then that's exactly what they would do. Because we have a precedent. It, it can be done. It's, it, but they're doing it as a power grab 
because they know that along with a new state comes at least one or two House of Representatives as well as two senators. And it's currently an extremely blue area right now. That would also guarantee total dominance in passing what they have to from the President, the House, as well as the Senate. Which then only leaves the Supreme Court, which they're now clearly, flagrantly trying to pack. Because any changes made can be fought by lawsuit. And if you also control the Supreme Court with ideology going your direction, in this case, changing it to a liberal agenda, then there would be nothing, nothing that the American people could step in the way in order to have anything passed, especially in this next year and a half. My fellow podcasters, we need to get out there. We need to write to your your congressmen, to your senators. This is dangerous shit going on. And I can assure you that if we don't fight the fight, not literally, within the next year and a half, there may not be anything on the other side of 2022. Get out there. Get it done. Pay attention to what's going on. I'll try to do my part, but I tell you what, this is like a hornet's nest. Every week, issue after issue after issue. But we'll keep trudging on, and I do want to thank you for joining up with me. I am Jeff Fry, an American conservative. I'll be back next week with more to talk about. In the meantime, keep us, U.S., the United States, in mind. Thank you.